Welcome to Wild and Weird Radio, Wild and Weird West Virginia podcast. Tonight, we're entering into something that we've been teasing for months. It is a work that has been slowly opening up and slowly coming to light publicly over the last two years. So brace yourself. It's time for Chapter 1 of Fallen Worlds. Enter the Flood. All right. So tonight it's uh, it's just me and Ron, and we are hitting it with the very first uh, chapter, really, mm-hmm. yeah. in in the Fallen Worlds saga. Well, it is a saga, isn't it? It's kind of turned into yeah, a life um, of, taking a life of its own. This is this is a project for those of you guys who've been following us at Wild and Weird. It it has been ongoing now for two and a half years. Um, some of you have have seen the write ups and the articles that we've put out, uh, but for the most part, some of the information that we're going to cover with you guys tonight is new to you information. Um, we haven't disclosed any of this previously on uh, on any of our pages yet because we've been waiting for the right time. Uh, we were supposed to actually do this at Mothman Festival yeah. um, last month, but uh, as everybody knows, the festival was canceled. So we still wanted to give you guys a little bit of Fallen it, right? World's overview. And uh, it's going to be broken up into chapters just like the the papers and books and stuff will be, and videos, because there's a whole big lot of stuff going along with this. Yeah. But you get to hear it first here on Wild and Weird Radio. Yeah, this um, thing kind of took on a life of its own. There's just multiple parts of it, multimedia parts of it, that yes. we'll be adding on to as time goes on. You know, um, we've we've got many things that we're going to work on with this, and we, you know we can't say too much about that, but we can definitely hit it with our podcasts. And it's going to be, uh, you know, kind of like uh, monthly installments or something like that, you know. Um, think yeah. of it as your very own time life, Mysteries of the Unknown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, we, we are going to release this information in, in series. It'll all be in order. But you're going to want to bookmark these episodes so that way, if you want one day, you can just sit and go through them all and, and just compile this data into your brain mm-hmm. like we have. <laughs> well, this will all go if you did that. You know, It's kind of like if you watch the X-Files and you just want to stay yeah. with the main story arc, you can go and watch just those episodes. It's, it's kind of like that. Once you put it all it together, will be you're going like to yeah. Yeah, have a pretty good overview of what the whole project's all about. So. But yeah, so uh, so let's get started, man. Well, once upon a time, over 1,200 civilizations yeah. had a flood. And this is really one of the most controversial things out there because everybody always relates the, the flood to Noah's flood um, or Gilgamesh, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh. And th- those are two of the big main ones, but it's such a contentious topic because of the religious backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you, you get all these science people that are like, no, religion, brr, arg. But it's, it's true, yeah. You can't avoid some of this stuff, especially now. And I'm going to be honest, okay? Um, if you've listened to my backstory, uh, I, I was a minister for roughly 15 years ballpark um and i always viewed noah's the the story of noah's ark as kind of a parable not a historical telling of actual events and really until the last two years um that could be my fault possibly Maybe. And, uh, well, it, it, you aided in it, that's for sure. Um, but when I started going down the research hole on this, it, it really, you, you can't, you can't deny it. Can you, once you look at the no, actual you, you evidence can't. and you can't, deny you know, it. like I said, I was a minister and I thought yeah. that the, the story of Noah and the mm-hmm. ark and the flood was, and a was, lot of people think that was a parable because it was only told verbally for, for ages, you know? It wasn't actually written down into um, 
actual text, I don't believe, until Moses wrote it down. Mm -hmm. Maybe it might have been Abraham. It's late. Mm -hmm. uh, it is late. But, but it was a while between the two before it was actually written down in on a scroll and, and became a non-verbal uh, tradition because it was one of those things where they would sit around the, the temple and tell the story of Noah's Ark and the flood and how it was this all-encompassing flood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, my logical mind was like, well, no, you, you can't really have a flood that covers the whole globe and not have physical signs of it because that was everybody's main argument, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, but then we started finding physical signs of it in geology. Uh, I, I remember the very first time that I thought that this was uh, plausible was in a geology class uh, that I had whenever I was in college. Because at one point in time, I was I was very interested in geology, and I was actually thinking about minoring in geology. Um. And so I took several geology courses at Marshall University, and we were watching a documentary in class about uh, strata layers, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this one area, uh, I believe it's up in Ireland is where it's at. It's Ireland or one of the, uh, the English Isles, right? And there's this plateau that just drops off into the ocean, and you can see the strata layers in in the hillside. Well, they they found out that this string of layers of sedimentary rock were that they once thought were laid over you know eons of time um, were actually something that occurred rapidly, mm -hmm. something that was probably related to a polar flip mm -hmm. which would have resulted in massive geologic disruption uh, volcanic activity uh, earthquake seismic activity um, liquefaction of layers because uh, you know the water moving in around it and, and getting these uh, Newtonian fluid layers that would just show up and then lock in place. Uh, and they found out that the, um, that the timeline between layer a and, and you know, the, I think it was like eight or nine layers up was only about 44 days. And they were using that as, uh, their, their way to say that, you know, the earth had experienced some kind of polarized flip and that there was a ton of activity and just, you know, geology says, look at this sandwich of layers. These occurred very quickly. Most of them are sedimentary. They're, they're silt, mud, ash, uh, stuff that can layer up very quickly. And, um, it was all preserved there in that, in that rock timeline per se. So that was the first time that I really entertained this idea. And I remember setting it, at a dinner table with with you one night and I started telling you about this. Well, then you brought up the Hiawatha crater. Mm -hmm. And the timelines were kind of matching up. Mhm. Mm yeah. And the the time that they were assuming that these these mixed media layers all uh compiled was right around this 12,500 year time frame. Well, there's a magic number and it, it, it has always been somewhere around 10 to 12,000. Yes. You know, and it's, it's always there. There are so many places where this, we saw this in Atlantis. We saw this with uh, Gobekli Tepe. We saw this with, there's so many that we're going to, we're going to talk about eventually, but these, this number is always there. Now, why is that number there? The number is there because I believe that that is an actual, uh, basically a reset date for, uh, for humanity in lack of better words, something definitely happened. And it didn't just happen, you know, in uh, in the Middle East. It didn't just happen uh, in Europe. Uh, it didn't just happen. It happened everywhere. I mean, just in North America, 
there are so many different nations that have stories about a great flood from Choctaw, Ojibwe, you know, all the way down, Ottawa, Cree. There's just so there's a list. There's actually a list in front of me that, that goes on and on and on. We'll, we'll give you these lists as well. Uh, Mesoamerica, South America, Inca, Machu Picchu, uh, Musica, uh, Tope, uh, and then you go into Asia, Sumerian, Mesopotamia, uh, China, India, Korea, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand. There are over 1,200 different cultures that believe that there was a great flood or at least a great deluge or a great catastrophe of some sort. Now, it's hard hearing that. Oh yeah, I get it. it. Definitely is. You know, I was I was very spiritually minded and and still am very spiritually minded. But even though I I was serving in ministry, still didn't wrap my head around this. Okay, so so I understand where a lot of you listeners are sitting right now, and like, okay, these guys are nuts. But we're about to give you the data. We're going to give you. The, the facts, really, um, of, of what happened in that magic window around 12,500 years ago. Yeah, and the thing about this is, honestly, um, it shouldn't challenge anyone's faith at all. No, not at all. If anything, it may affirm you to know that you you know it, there's a very good possibility that it is exactly what it was uh at least to a degree but uh it, it should also warn you that you know this is not speculation this is science that we're going to be talking about um it has happened uh, it has probably happened many times and it'll probably happen again so let's look at uh, at some of these accounts well in the biblical account and the the Epic of Gilgamesh account, they're they're both very similar. So uh, I'll give a general overview of, of this. You had a very devout man who had a relationship with with his creator, who spoke with his creator on a regular basis, and one day the creator God gives a warning and says. I need you to build this contraption, build this boat, raft, whatever you want to call it. And it needs to be this big, this wide, this tall, made out of this material, and it needs to be this thick. The walls need to be like everything was given like schematics were almost perfect for what you would need for a structure to actually be able to withstand massive waves pulverizing the sides of it and being able to hold up because there's going to be rain rain is coming and it is going to cause a great flood and destroy everything and I want you to take clean and dirty animals alike take your family and hop on this boat seal yourselves in when the rain starts then the rain starts and then we have this 40 day period of survival really mm-hmm. yeah. and then you know they're sending it, Noah sends off um, a, a crow at first and you know, then sends a dove, and the dove returns with an olive branch, which you know it wouldn't have returned with a, without an olive branch if there wasn't land. Like there had to be a, a a branch sticking up out of the water for it to be able to grab a hold of. Um, so that that meant that you know things were things were going to get back to normal soon. This this time frame that was given by the Creator God basically lined up. They built their boat. They survived. Now everything's going to be made new. And that, that is pretty much the synopsis of of the Noah's Ark and Gilgamesh stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had to basically start over. Yeah. And, you know, there's actually evidence that says that, you know, I remember growing up, there was there was two things uh, 
two of those weird things that always popped up seemed like in in the mid 70s and that was bigfoot or noah's ark well there's oh, bermuda yeah, the triangle there's, there's bermuda yeah, triangle too let's, let's not forget that but but the quest for noah's ark right um and you know it was, a, it was a big thing and all these people always said they found it blah 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 and uh the one guy david allen deal um he did a lot of uh research and he believes that he found where the ark supposedly came to rest and then it slid on down a hill and whatnot but the point is what they found was a remnants of, of a city and they theorized yeah. that this was the first city of the survivors who who uh, who were direct descendants and, and whatnot. And it was inhabited for thousands of years. Uh, for 10,000 years, people would come and bury their dead there. There's a massive uh, cemetery. There's massive graves there because it, it's sacred ground. You know, they came there for a reason. They found the evidence. The evidence is there of uh, previous structures, of the cities, of the graves. That is there. And the legends are there. So we have to look at it and say, like we do with everything else, it's on the table. Does that stick? I think that sticks. I mean, I I think that that corroborates the story very well. Because if there was a survivor, if there was someone who did manage to do this, there would be a city. There would be survivors. And his theory is that they, you know, they took apart the the ark and and they built the, you know, they built the, the cities from it. You know, I don't know. Did they? beats me but it would have made not, sense it makes perfect sense but you know I mean, what, one of the things that we were taught in survival school was that you know if you you take whatever materials mm-hmm. you have left over from what you were in yeah. to build shelters to build oh, yeah. and they they had tons and tons and tons of lumber mm-hmm. so it, if these dimensions were correct and this is what they really built they had plenty to build several houses and a temple and whatever else they wanted so yeah exactly i mean and yeah it's the whole thing right but you know what's really funny about that we just read a a story from the far east we just we just read something from from the judeo-christian faith (laughs) and uh you know i'm going to read something to you that isn't from the judeo-christian faith and i want you to tell me what you think when you hear this okay this time soto kong came to spider woman and said there is no use waiting until the thread runs out this time something has to be done lest the people with the song in their hearts are corrupted and killed off too it will be difficult with all the destruction going on for them to gather at the far end of the world where i have designated but i will help them then you will save them when i destroy this world with water that's from the hopi that's how the third world ended I mean, just a little more detailed there's more of it than that but that is how it begins it ends in water so what could cause all of this water because science has constantly said that it's impossible for that much rain to fall over that much time because the the weather patterns and everything wouldn't allow for it which mm-hmm. they're 100 percent right Normal under normal conditions, normal circumstances, they're 100% right. Global rain would not occur for for as long as it did to cover the land with water. Oh, it would take longer than but, 40 days and 40 nights, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, right. It would. Yeah. But a sudden and instant catastrophe, something that would be, uh, it is described by astronomers as a world ender a massive asteroid Mm -hmm. an extinction level event yep and that's happened before right oh yeah it has happened before and we have proof of that and everybody accepts that proof Mm -hmm. freely they don't argue it for the most part Mm -hmm. yeah they're Mm -hmm. like oh yeah that's yeah that that happened that took out the dinosaurs do you know when I was growing up, though, that wasn't accepted? That was a theory? That was only a theory. Think mm. about that. Yeah. Time, time brings truth to light, is all I'm saying. So what so we're saying now, here today... Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Now we're standing here, and we're looking, and we're finding these craters. And Ron was reading the newest article to me earlier. Uh, and, and it stated that there's now been over 50 impact sites discovered that were that, all that related... Could, to that the could be, same event. Yes, yes, that could be related to the same event. That's correct. 
But even if they weren't all related to the same event, the largest impact crater of them all is named the Hiawatha Crater, and it's up near Iceland. And it is a crater that is 34 kilometers wide. Now, during the the near ending of the most recent ice age, the ice shelves came all the way down to uh, just above the West Virginia and Ohio lines. Mm-hmm. We had glaciers and sheets of ice that came all the way down that far into, into the United States. Um, they, they formed massive lakes as they were melting, and then something happened. Yep. Now, an asteroid impact, just to give you an idea, it raises the temperature to, uh, I believe it is 2,000 Celsius. This massive object comes hurtling through Earth's atmosphere, burning as it's descending, and it strikes the Earth, and it strikes very close to one of our poles. And when it strikes, it instantly breaks apart these massive ice sheets instantly displaces miles and miles of ocean due to massive and rapid evaporation so you have all of this water that just poof turned into gas form this goes with with the ice as well followed up almost immediately by massive tsunamis. Mm. Now, fragments of this impact have been found as far south as Central Africa. Yeah. This, so if that tells you that the impact was, was up near Iceland. If So if you look at a globe, bring it up on Google Maps on your phone while you're listening. Hopefully not while you're driving, but when you no, hit a stoplight. That would be bad. Don't do that. <laughs> when you hit a stoplight, bring up Google Maps and look around and found, find Iceland and then place a uh, drop a pin on right off the coast and then go drop a pin in the middle of Africa. There were fragments of this meteor or asteroid really that have been found all the way in, in central Africa. So this massive explosion, massive displacement of water and then also water that returns uh, that returns instantly into gas we all know, we've all had sixth grade science, what happens to water when it evaporates and turns into gas form, right? Yeah. It goes in, turns into clouds, clouds get heavy, and the clouds will dump that rain, right? Yeah. So we have massive, this massive swath of ice and water that just instantly vaporized, followed by massive tsunamis. Now, like like Ron was reading earlier, possibly up to 50 of these. They, they called it uh, – what what'd you say they called it, Ron? In Europe, it's called the Usulo Horizon, and in North America, it's called the Clovis Layer. And we'll talk okay. about the layer uh, when you go there because that's, that's pretty fascinating. And so the, with that event, we have this sudden change in environment. Suddenly, water's everywhere. Yeah. It This asteroid struck us at such a point. Well, don't forget, that, it, it set fire to everything, too, first. Yeah, There's, it did. It set fire is, to everything yeah, yeah. else. This is, how we fa- this is how we found the proof of this thing, okay, was that layer. That's that's how we found the proof of this, the, the Usulo layer or the uh, the Clovis layer. And we discussed, uh, uh, you know, why the Clovis people were so, you know, why did technology seem to stop? Well, this is probably why. So it's called the Clovis layer in North America. And that the reason is that they found evidence of uh, impact event concentration of soot previously utilized to estimate the global amount of biomass burned. This is the global mass. OK. Similar measurements suggest that wildfires at the Younger Dryas onset rapidly consumed 10 million square kilometers of Earth's surface, 9% of the Earth's biomass. 
and that's in an instant. That's, that's like instant. That's like yeah. when you strike a match on on the striking board. That's what it went up like. And well, then that just suddenly, gives you cold chills. if that doesn't give you cold chills, I mean, if you think oh, about yeah. that one second, nine percent of the Earth biomass was incinerated to ash within just an instant blink of an eye yep so there's your heat big white flash and then yep. everything's toast. how big was the white flash let me tell you how big the white flash they they think the big uh, white flash would have been um the one that killed the dinosaurs 12 billion times the bomb we dropped on hiroshima this was bigger than that massive absolute now, massive so this is earth uh at that point and if you can imagine this is happening all around the world these pe- these things are raining down you know as the earth's turning well, we, to, to kind of give you a picture before we jump on this part to give you a picture we most recently watched this kind of an event happen with jupiter oh yeah great great example beautiful example where where an asteroid was going into jupiter and broke up that's right and subsequently struck did in, uh, did you happen to see it by the way Yes, back, yes. Back when it, it was in uh, 1992, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. We, I remember we watched yeah, it. Yeah. I was in elementary school, but we watched it on the laser disc. Yeah. If that, that dates it right there. I was, I was out in the backyard uh, with my scope, obviously. Um, and I watched this and to, to look at the planet and I could see it pretty good. You could see this. Jupiter is very visible. And Jupiter is very visible, and it was really visible in my refractor. Um, you could see this this bright white, you know, dot. And if you think about that, that was bigger than the Earth, guys. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. So anyway, it was it, what happened uh, for those who don't know. When this comet was dis- discovered, it was coming in, and it was a comet, and it was going to go around the sun, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, no, that's not what happens. As it gets closer to Jupiter, it gets pulled apart, and it gets turned into this. They called it a string of pearls, I believe is what they call it. And it yes. was this massive fleet of asteroids, basically, is what it turned into. It was a comet, but you know, same thing. It's 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 go, it's made a different material, uh, but it's still going to cause massive, massive devastation. Well, this thing just bombards into Jupiter. I mean, and boom, 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 boom. As the turn, you know, the planet's spinning, it's just like a, a rapid-fire weapon, you know, hitting this thing. And um, and that's what happened here, guys. Something like that. So we know that these things hit other planets, and that's what Shoemaker Levy Nine showed us was that you know we knew it before. I mean, we saw the moon. The moon is full of craters, right? I mean, right, Mars right. craters everywhere, craters, craters. But we had never seen it with our own eyes. We'd never seen a planet get bombarded. Well, at that point, everyone kind of woke up here on Earth and said, "Well, this could happen here." Surprise! It has, um, and they immediately began uh, taking it a little bit more serious in the past few years. There was. Um, there was uh, a few exercises that they started, I believe. Uh, there have been several missions uh, with mission goals at NASA. One of them was the uh, the DART mission, um, and that one uh, is supposed to be uh, monitoring. Uh, what was the name of it? Do you remember uh, the mission for it exactly? Look that up. No, I can't remember the name of it right offhand. It is okay. It was NASA's first asteroid deflection mission. That's what it was. Okay. And yeah, that was in uh, 2017, actually. And uh, here we are now in in 2020. So, you know, these things have been planned. Uh, in the event that Earth does get clobbered at some point, you know, um, there's a good chance that we might have some kind of defense this time against something like that. Yeah, know, and it, it all just harkens back to the mm-hmm. watching the skies. It really does, doesn't it? Just like it's just like now said, we're they using watch the skies. better technology. We're not using rocks yeah. stacked on top of one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do, we we do. We need to be vigilant. We need to watch the skies. We need to we need to learn from our past. Whether we believe uh, every myth, whether we believe every thing that's told, all the tales, it doesn't matter. Something actually happened out there. Um, I don't think we can deny that. And it points to the fact that it could happen again. And if it does, you know, what's going to happen here to humanity? Well, I think we've already seen that play out one time already. Yep. And as long as it doesn't wipe out the entirety, 
of man, then there will be a rebuilding. Yeah. Well, we, we know this because there are actually contingencies for, you know, the seed bank, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have we have that in several places, actually. It's not not just in uh, the one up in it was that Greenland, Antarctica. right? Antarctica. Sorry. Or, yeah. Greenland. That's where it was. Yeah. Is Greenland. it? I don't know. I'm just remembering this off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure uh, it, it might be Greenland. I think we got one on um, well, there's, in there's the several. Arctic as well. There's a bunch of these things now. You know, yeah. there's some out in Colorado. They're 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 scattered everywhere. But we're we're trying to make sure that we survive at some point. You know, or something survives that. Uh, you know, who knows? It's probably going to be half machine by the time it does. But you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, like you said, we need to keep our eyes watching the skies for sure. Because if it happened before in ten thousand years, you think that's a long time, but it's really not. It's really not. It's a blink of an eye in the scope of eternity. Yeah. It's really not that long. Uh, and if we went from throwing spears to this in ten thousand years, can you imagine what may have been before? All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is what occurred here. Theoret like by what we can understand right now with, with the fifty plus mm-hmm. craters that have been found. Yeah. That are all seeming to be related to this or, one event. Or it was your big one. Uh you know. Yeah. The big one was the piece of it anyway, regardless. It obviously yeah, is the big the biggest the year. That big fragment up mm-hmm. in Iceland, that was the largest chunk. The rest but, of it was just, you know yeah. they were but big pieces. Well, there's also a theory that it blew apart in the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you could upper have atmospheric a, explosion. Yep. Upper atmospheric explosion. And, uh, you know, then pieces went into the back up into the atmosphere and fell back down all across the world, you know, but it, it doesn't matter. The point is it happened and it was in a massive, massive catastrophe. And anything that was alive at that time, that was the end of the world, guys. Yeah, that was it. It was over. If you were if you were anywhere near those impact zones. And by anywhere, of- by anywhere, you mean where exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, for real. All right. I mean, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm saying anything uh, because these things have been the impact zones have been found down into uh, Africa. Yep. So it just depended on where the mass of this hit. And I think you're you're pretty close to where you you uh, you called it there. I believe that uh, that crater is probably um, one of the mass sections that did call oh, yeah and, yeah i'm i'm fairly certain yeah. that was probably the the yeah. big chunk yeah yeah um but it, it just it totally decimated everything it's and amazing we now we have like ron said earlier instant incineration so we have this ash layer and then the tsunami coming back in from the water displacement that's being pushed over land we have that water. Then we have the we steam. Have we have the steam. Steam, and we, then we have torrential downpours. We've got we got volcanoes. Let's not forget those because that would you know this would really oh, cause this would be on planet Earth. This would Earth. cause tons of seismic yep. and geologic activity, like absolutely yep. astounding geologic activity that would blow your mind. It'd be unprecedented yep. um, c- compared to what we see today. You know, we see these volcanoes erupting in Hawaii, but I mean, we're talking island builders would be erupting mm-hmm. at this point and making yeah. landmass at volume that would be. Uh, because and, you have something that would push. Uh, a, a, imagine if you filled a balloon full of jello mm-hmm. and you have holes poked all over this balloon, but the jello on the inside is, is firm and solid. It's not going to come out of those holes, right? But if you apply pressure to a point in that balloon, it's going to dis- it's going to cause a displacement of that jello on the inside and it will push the jello out of the holes that were once, you know, non-erupting, if you will. It'll begin to push this this magma or, or jello out of these holes which would have created archipelagos. It would have created all these things pretty much overnight. The uh, origin of some of these island chains yeah occurring simultaneously at a very rapid pace. Don't they believe that this is what, uh, this was the event that killed off basically the, the mammoths as well. 
Um, they, well, that's one of the problems of the species. Humans yeah. were responsible for the rest. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But the big guys, uh, isn't this the one? The stegodon. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, they believe that this the this probably took out the stegodon. The megafauna, right? The megafauna. This is what did yep. in the megafauna. So, yeah, uh, which is just okay. Makes sense to me. Now, here's my question for you. If we look at the evidence, and I'm going to read one one bit of the evidence for you. The evidence is given by the proponents of the bolide or meteorite impact event include black mats, strata, organic-rich soil. We've talked about that. They have been identified at dozens of points. Clovis culture archaeological sites in North America. They've actually found the material at the Clovis sites in North America. And the proponents have uh, reported material including nanodiamonds, metallic microspherules, carbon spherules, magnetic spherules, in my favorite, iridium, platinum. Now, there's other stuff too, but when we sit those two right there, when you find iridium and platinum, you're looking at evidence of an impact event at that point. It doesn't matter. So, We've always wondered what exactly happened that, you know, to the Clovis culture. If anyone who really looks at arrowheads or, or makes arrowheads uh, is into paleo art, I am. Surprise. Um, if you look at it, you see how they changed. And it's like, you know, they, they went from from this certain type to a completely different type. I mean, we're talking apples and oranges. Yeah. Well, some always thought, well, that's because the megafauna died off and they didn't need huge Clovis points and blah, blah, blah. But no, there was more to it than that. There was a whole technology that was completely gone, which is interesting to me because if we look at some of the other um, parts of the legends uh, as to what this could have all been about. We hear things like uh, the gods were angry with humans and they destroyed humanity. Okay, um, and that's again, I'm not talking about how the Judeo-Christian, you know. Well, concept. no, even that that was with the <clears throat> Judeo-Christian stuff too. I mean, yes, it was. You know, God was displeased with mankind because they were rebellious and right. uh, didn't you know, follow any kind of order and they rebelled against God, therefore mm -hmm. smited. Yeah, smited, right? Um, and you, you get that a lot, apparently. If you go and look at a lot of these um, these flood myths, you're going to see that a lot of this, the flood was considered by some, by most of these, actually, to be a, some kind of divine punishment. So a divine judgment, a judgment. Sorry, not punishment. Punishment yeah. is different. It was a yes, divine di judgment. Divine judgment. I agree with you on that. And, you know, the sin of which uh, they were being punished for, apparently, was um, to wipe out something that was here before. Is yeah. that is that correct? I mean, in the assumption uh, in, in some of the assumptions, yes, it, it was either to wipe out something that was here before or something that was sinful or unclean in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So did our ancestors in 1200 different cultures, did they just make that part up uh, to, because it all kind of lines up, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it? It doesn't matter which faith you're a part of. It really doesn't. What, viewpoints you might have there's 1200 and some odd cultures that share that same thought process mm -hmm. even though you differ on so many other fundamental levels there's that one shared event yeah and it was recorded and recorded and recorded and you know all the and not just recorded on the walls that we we have to translate but you know plato talked about atlantis and the golden age you know and yeah. he hinted to the fact that you know this is this was a real thing and you know people actually uh you know they, they kind of think plato was a smart guy right so <laughs> yeah there, there's uh you know there are those people entire who schools that. of thought I, th I think there was, yeah. But no, <laughs> yeah. For, for real. I mean, uh, so we can't just, you know, 
because we don't like it. We can't not look at it. We talked about this so many times with other bits of evidence. But, you know, in Plato's time, it was 9,600 years, guys. That was 9,600 years after the fall of Atlantis. Think about it. So we've talked about the similarities of the cultures. We've talked about some of these uh, impact sites. And we talked about the the physical way that a flood could have and likely you know has been proven to actually have occurred mm-hmm. it is it is more of a reality now than a spiritual concept um what kind of stuff do we have that predates based on carbon dating and some other things what are some of the remnant that we can see today that are left over or could have been left over from before or shortly after the world well, ender? Well, my favorite one would be Gobekli Tepe. Um, straight up. It's up there, man. It's up there. And uh, it's got um, it's got a lot of a lot of weird stuff attached to it, just in the simple fact that you know, there are some who believe that there is an inscription there that actually talks about an impact. And that's on the uh, Vulture Stone, I believe, is what that yeah. was. Uh, you can look that up. We're not going to go into that. We could do a whole whole episode just on the Vulture Stone alone, uh, the interpretations of it. But it's uh, it's definitely one of those ones. And, you know, we, if we look at these ancient sites, like out west, uh, and, and, you know, they were always um, – there's there's these spirals of light and you know all these things they they gather together on certain like the solstice and whatnot and and they make sure that there's this alignment that takes place well did you ever wonder why they were making sure the alignments take place i think that they were watching for any disruption in those alignments yeah like at all that would say anything that showed up out of place Mm -hmm. yeah anything that was out of place because it had happened before and they knew it had happened before we just simply forgot. Um, I don't. I think is it Graham Hancock who always says that we're like a, a civilization with amnesia, something yes, like that. Yes, Graham. That is Graham Hancock. That there that. couldn't be a better. There could not be a better quote when it comes to humanity, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there's there's been something here before us. There's too much evidence that says there wasn't something here before us, and it is an absolute mystery. We look at it, we see it, and we see these these enigmas in stone, and we sit there and we think, ah, ancient aliens. We think, you know, uh, gods. We think uh, maybe they're the same. I don't know. We we just think all these different things because we have no idea. Well, we have clues to it, and those clues do kind of point in the direction that something. Um, again, we will just use uh, deductive reasoning. We will say it with deductive reasoning. Um, something hit this planet. I don't know why something hit this planet. If people did survive, and if there are 1,200 myths out there that say that people did survive, that certain people survived, that they were selected. A remnant. Mm, remnants. Remnant survivors. Um, who selected those people and why and how? Now, this is a very, very sticky place, isn't it? Because now you have drawn into this. You've come into religion. You've come into ancient astronaut theory. You've come into all that. And I don't think that you can't. Again, we have to put everything on the table. So we have to kind of look at that. And I think the best thing to look at that is what we, uh, you know, what what current uh, beliefs uh, in uh, in the phenomena say. And that is that humanity may have been wiped out before because there was a um what what, what would you call it um impurities hmm, there you go an impurity in the gene pool yeah because there was an impurity in the gene pool and um what impurities were those joe well those impurities are uh the next chapter yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> do we ha- do we have any uh, evidence for those impurities? I mean, you know, we're, we have we're, we have a lot of evidence for we do, for don't we? What these uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going things to read, were. I'm going to read one bit of uh, of that go supposed for evidence for you. So we're going to go back to um, the possibility of uh, you know, like you said, there was impurities in the um, in the gene pool and. Where those impurities came from, we're going to go back to what we talked about in a recent episode, and that was Enoch. Uh, 
Enoch, yes. And the Watchers. And, and the Watchers. And do we have any evidence other than the Bible for that kind of stuff? And that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, oh, that's all. That's religion. There's no evidence to that. Well, in 1869, an archaeologist by the name of Sir Charles Warren actually went to Mount Hermon. And he did find the evidence. And he found a stella. And on that stella, according to what was translated... It reads, according to the command of the great and holy God, those who take an oath proceed from here. I've got to really recommend that if you haven't looked at the book of Enoch, take a look. Yeah, it's a life changer. Um, It actually opens your eyes a lot um, to the to the. um, the, the And this is a book that Jesus actually quoted. Mm -hmm. So Jesus quotes the book of Enoch. Yeah, it was man who actually took it away, not Jesus. Just so. You yeah. Know. So this isn't this isn't a a book that is um, deemed unholy no. because Christ it was used it in it was his own teachings. But that was because of the early church, and you know, it was, it was because it got the, too weird. Too it did. It's very wild. And it's very <laughs> weird, isn't to, it? To put it mildly, Enoch was a cool guy. I mean, you know, I think about like anyone from from back. Wouldn't it be cool to hang out with him? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. He would be the guy that I would want to hang out with most. At the top of my list, he would be. He's up there. One of the guys because it, his relationship with. Oh yeah. His creator. Yeah. Right. The whole universe, everything. Like this guy, like for whatever reason, he just knew it all. Can't wait to do an episode on Enoch. Yeah, that'll be a good one. It'll be a great one. So. The impurity is is spoken about in the book of Enoch. And it was when the watchers came down and they saw the, son, the, the daughters of man and fell in love with them and had children with them. And these children were what became called the Nephilim. Now, the term giants is used it's translated uh, into english but it doesn't always mean of massive stature it also talks uh, the word that is used in aramaic was also the word that you would use for somebody who had abilities great power so they had they had they could do things that other people couldn't they they had these um, I guess you would call them supernatural abilities because the Watchers themselves would have been of a supernatural origin. So they could do things that other men couldn't. And some of these, uh, one that is later listed, um, is Goliath. Mm-hmm. And you know the story of David and Goliath. You've, if you're not, uh, if you haven't, learned it from going to Sunday school and you've seen the old artwork um, the historic artwork and the sculptures of David holding the head of Goliath up that that was this massive 10 foot tall man Um, and he had brothers and they were all like him and they were also apparently other places oh yeah a lot of other places, because right? <clears throat> chapter two is titled Chasing Giants. Yeah, Chasing and Giants. That's really where this one. whole story started to begin with. It really is. Yeah, it all started from that and it's like, well, how does this relate to this? And and then all of a sudden it just this massive road work just laid out pretty much. But uh yeah, it's it's an amazing story. The whole thing is an amazing story. If you really look at it, there's definitely uh, evidence of a of a great flood. Um these people, in my opinion, did not just simply make this stuff up. If we believe them on the, the, the count of the flood, we have to now. Uh, then we have to look at the possibility that what they are saying, uh, particularly about the rest of this story, which will be uh, the Stella that was discovered on Mount, uh, Mount Hermon, which, by the way, if you're not familiar, is the place where the Watchers descended. Yep, Mount Hermon is a very sacred place. Mm-hmm. That is where they descended and took their oath and decided to rebel. And that is where the fall, as it has come to be known, began. 
And so that is where our story ends this time. But uh, until uh, Chasing Giants, uh, which we'll get to that eventually, we're gonna we're gonna put these in there from time to time, and and uh, in the end, you'll have a really cool, uh, really cool thing to listen to. Might learn something. And stay tuned because there's gonna be videos that go along with these as well. Um, again, those are probably gonna be a later production, but you'll get them, and uh, you might hear some of this stuff out on the road too. So until next time. You're left to ponder. Did the Egyptians just stroll up on the pyramids and find them? And they were already there and just decided to use them? Was the Sphinx once upon a time setting on a riverbank where the water went along its sides and caused horizontal water erosion? Are all of these flood myths somehow tied together? If you noticed, I dropped you a couple Easter eggs, kids. So till next time, stay wild and weird. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you've all enjoyed the first chapter of Fallen Worlds. And if you really want to catch up on older episodes, go ahead and head on over to wildandweirdwv.com. Click that podcast link. You'll have access to our entire backlog, and you can go listen to your heart's content. If you're listening on your phone or mobile device, go ahead and give us that subscribe button. Smash it now as hard as you can. Do it right now. Stop what you're doing. Just hit that subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple iTunes, go give us a review and a five-star rating. That'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to help support the show, you can head on over to wildandweirdwv.com and hit that store tab. It's going to open up all of the various places that you can pick up your Wild and Weird merch and help support everything that goes on here at Wild and Weird and keep this show free for eons to come. Thousands of years. never know. Yeah. Thousands. That's to get, get you through to the next flood at least right so until next time guys stay wild and weird hey everybody i know you've listened to the episode where lyle blackburn joined us for wild and weird radio and he, he gave us his entire swamp monsters tour galore and we know you all enjoyed it so i know that you're going to enjoy lyle's new book the boggy creek case book it's a fout monster encounters that range from 1908 to present, and you do not want to miss this one. It surrounds the Boggy Creek area, and it's an exclusive look just at that area, and all of the accounts that have taken place over the span of 1908 to current day. So go out to monstrobizarro.com and go pick up your copy today. So, Ron? Mothman days are coming up, right? That's what they tell me. Well, Mothman days would not be complete without, without Mothman. Having... You got Mothman to come on the show? Yeah, you, we might. No. We just might. No. So, so maybe. So Probably we're... not. Okay, what's going? On? But I know that your Mothman collection will not be complete without the newest installment of Small Town Monsters. The Mothman Legacy. Oh, yeah, that's It's a really film good. produced by Seth Breedlove and Small Town Monsters, and it is absolutely amazing. In our opinions, it is a true sequel to The Mothman of Point Pleasant, and you absolutely cannot beat the quality that comes out of Small Town Monsters. So go over to smalltownmonstersstore.com and pick up your copy today. 